Good morning. morning. Kind of feel like I'm sneaking out in the dark back there, sneaking up on you. How's everybody doing today? All right? That's good. Well, we're glad you're here today as we continue our series today. And uh, we continue this miserable football season that started out pretty bad. You know, you were, you were gone a couple weeks, and that's okay, buddy. <laughs> anyway, uh, I will change the subject. Uh, we're going to get two wins this year. It's all I'm going to say, okay? Okay. <laughs> when Christian Hector was governor of Massachusetts, he was running hard for a second term in office. You know how those guys are. One day after a busy morning out trying to uh, get a bunch of votes and have, having no lunch, he ended up at a church barbecue. And it was late in the afternoon, and Hector was starving. And as he moved down the serving line, he held out his plate, and the woman, woman serving chicken, she put a plate, uh, piece on his plate and it turned to the next person. And she, didn't, she turned to the next person. And the governor said, excuse me, uh, do you mind if I have another piece of chicken? The woman said, no, I'm sorry. I'm only supposed to give one piece of chicken to each person. As, uh, you know, I said earlier, I, I don't like buffet lines where they serve you. But she said, I'm only supposed to give you one piece of chicken. But I'm starved, the governor said. And she said, sorry, uh, uh, the woman said. She said, only one per customer. And the governor, uh, Hector, was uh, modest. And I didn't know him, but he was an unassuming man. But he decided that this time that he was going to throw his weight around a little bit and try to get his way. And he said to the lady serving the chicken, he said, ma'am, do you know who I am? I'm the governor of this state. The lady said, uh, do you know who I am? I'm the lady in charge of the chicken. <laughs> Move along, mister. Only one piece per customer. You know, we live in a world that hates authority uh, and, and, and hates to follow the rules and hates being told what to do, and, and we most definitely hate to submit. In our culture today, the new normal is to question authority, saying, you know, God has no right to govern me. God has no right uh, to uh, give me any rules. And just like the president, he has no rights. Uh, just like the teacher has no right. Just like your parents have no rights. Just like my boss, he has no rights uh, to do that. We want to decide what's right and what's wrong for our personal lives. This new normal in our culture today to question authority, even God's authority. Now, the new normal in our country, we've taken our free speech to an unbelievable level. And everyone's believed that we would be where we're at uh, in the good old USA when it comes to free speech. We openly criticize our leaders. We openly criticize our country. We burn our flag. We openly criticize our values and pretty much anything that doesn't line up with what we want. We don't see anything wrong with complaining. We don't see anything wrong with whining or showing disgust to anybody that will listen. The new normal says I have a right to choose. I have a right to decide what I'll do with my body. I have a right to decide who I can marry, what my gender is, and when life begins and when life ends and what laws I choose to obey, and so on and so on. Today, as we said, we're continuing our series. And... Um, during this series, we're looking at a few of the norm, new normals of our culture that seem to contradict what the Bible says. 
Our key verse is found in the book of Judges, and as I said last week, the book of Judges, during that time when this was written, there were no judges. And so the people were pretty much left on their own to uh, govern themselves and to decide what was right and wrong. And the Bible says that everyone, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And, you know, that to me pretty much describes the culture that we live in today. Uh, we just have decided as a culture here in the United States that, um, that you know, we're just going to do what's right in our own eyes. And unfortunately, that includes some of us in the church. Again, I just feel this obligation to tell you what the Bible teaches. We feel like it's our responsibility to tell you the truth in the Bible, and then it's your responsibility to decide whether you'll follow what the Bible teaches or what the culture dictates to us to be true. Today we'll be looking at uh, what has become the normal in our culture, and that is to question authority. Now the subject of authority is one of those sensitive areas uh, or issues that is often viewed with controversy and cynicism in our culture today. But this is not a new problem. This is not a new problem for mankind, has had an authority problem since the beginning of time. All the way back to the Garden of Eden, we've had a problem with authority. And when Adam and Eve were faced with the temptation to eat, uh, from, uh, to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they had a crisis of authority. You see, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he put them in the garden, this beautiful place he created for mankind, and he said, you rule over, you rule over all the creation, name everything, and you can do anything you want, but you cannot eat from the tree of good and uh, evil, the tree of knowledge and evil, good and evil. You can do anything you want. And God spoke clearly to them and stated his authority to create the rules of the universe. After all, he created, he has the right to say what's right and what's wrong. And he said to them, you can do all that you want. He had forbidden them to eat from this particular tree. And they were told, obey that. Obey that. But when the serpent came along, the enemy, he persuaded Adam and Eve that they needed to question God's authority. They need to question what gave God the right to say to them that you could have anything in this garden you want, but there's one tree you cannot eat from. And, and he, uh, he, he questioned, uh, he had them question both God's truthfulness, did God really say that, and his love for Adam and Eve. And he held out a tempting and ultimately de uh, devastating alternative, and that was either to depend on God, be totally uh, submitted to his authority, or to be self-sufficient. I'll just do it on my own. We'll just go our own way and do our own thing, and we don't care what God says. And the problem still exists today. It's gotten deeper, and, it, and probably it's got, well, certainly gotten to where we are today with this new normal. Now, Wikipedia says, the rebellious revolution of the 1960s. Uh, you know, for the hippies of the 1960s, together with the widely pub publicized scandals in government, it helped, a, uh, it helped uh, promote a trendy disregard in America toward ethics, toward laws, and authority figures. How many of you, ever, how many of you remember this popular bumper sticker? Anybody remember that? I remember that. Anybody else remember it? Wow, y'all don't remember that bumper sticker? Woo, y'all not very old. Uh, anyway, it was a popular bumper sticker when I was just a tiny child in the 60s. Uh, 
<laughs> anyway, question of authority. That was the trend. That was the thing to do. Wikipedia says this slogan was made popular by a controversial psychologist by the name of Timothy Leary. He was one of the most influential icons in the counterculture uh, movement, which formed in the late 1960. And this countercultural movement to question authority was in relation to the Vietnam War. He was totally against the escalation of the Vietnam War, and he decided to take it in his own hands and begin to question the authority of the leadership of our nation. Now, Leary gained influence among much of the youth by advocating the use of LSD. Now, how many of you have used LSD? Now, you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to raise your Or maybe you don't remember anymore. <laughs> That's what cowboy fans do. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I love you, dear. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Sorry, um, <laughs> but anyway, not really. Anyway, um, the you. Anyway, it was their way of saying, you know, we're not going to follow authority. It was a way of, of mindlessly escaping the burden of a of a society and this whole deal of questioning authority. Then, following the Watergate scandal, which resulted in the resignation of President Richard Nixon and the uh, conviction of several of, of the uh, members of his administration, the new slogan, the slogan became arguably, question authority became arguably the most accepted ideology among baby boomers, and it's only gotten worse today with our millennials. But let me say here, no matter the attitude of our culture or what Wikipedia says, authority remains a very important foundation to God. God created authority back in the garden. It's the foundation of this universe, God's authority. It's the foundation in which it, the, the universe where the world was built on was the foundation of God's authority. God, one God, and he, was the, he created a one authority, the rule of the foundation of his authority. And it's one of those really, really important things for us at Salem Fields to understand so that we can correctly uh, relate to God and God's system of values. When we submit to his authority, we submit to his system of values. So to begin with, God places a high value on authority because he is the one who instituted it. The Bible says that all authority comes from, all authority comes from God and originates with God. He is the absolute source of authority in the universe. And, and he has delegated his principle of authority to mankind to main or, maintain order in the world. Even though today it's all upside down, it's still God's rule. Our text today is from Romans chapter 13, and we're going to look at verses 1 and 2, but the message was created uh, from verses 1 through 7. And it's God's view on authority. Verse 1 says, everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. Once again, there it is. God instituted his authority in the garden. And all authority comes from God. Uh, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Now you realize that all governing authorities, all positions of authority, excuse me, have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority the Bible says, is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. Some translation says that they will be judged. 
Now, all things have been created by the authority of God. And all of the laws of earth are held together through the authority, uh, through uh, authority, God's authority. And God's authority represents God himself. There's one word in, in verse 1 that most of us here today hate to do. Does anybody know what that word is? Submit. We hate to submit. You know, we, but we must submit to know God's authority. And to live under God's authority, we have to submit to God. And, and the problem is, we hate to submit. I mean, I mean, if I had a show of hands that most of us here today say, I don't like to submit to anybody or anything uh, at any time. But submission, the definition of submission is the act of surrendering to the power of another. Submission is the act of surrendering to the power of another. In our way of thinking in the church and uh, uh, biblically speaking, submission is the act of surrendering to the power of God. So when we submit to the authority of God, we are submitting to the power of God. The creator, sustainer of all life and all of the universe, God, that God. Submitting to authority and showing respect, though, isn't an easy deal. Nobody wants to be told what to do. You know, it's in our nature. None of us want to be told what to do or how to do it. We criticize anybody that makes a decision that we don't like. It's not right. It's not fair. It's not good for me. And so we have a tendency to rebel and make our own decisions and go our own way and say to the world, I know what's best for me. And that's kind of how we choose to live our life, many of us. And in verse 2, the Bible says, for that we will be punished. For that we will be punished. We will be judged. Now the truth is, God has an entire network of people in this world who he has placed in the position of authority. We kind of think we do that when we vote. But So the Bible is clear that all human authority is established by God. And therefore, we should submit to them. Here are some biblical instructions on who we are to submit to. First of all, the Bible teaches us that we are to submit to the government. Now, I know for some of you, this is like, man, messing you up. You know, it's like kind of getting under your skin. You know it, but you don't want me saying it. But we have to submit to the government. The Bible says, remind the believers. Now, if you're a believer here or online or anywhere in the building, it says, uh, remind the believers. I'm reminding you today to submit to the government and its officers. Titus is saying, remind the believers to submit to the government and his officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. You know, and uh, uh, good, bad, or ugly. Good, bad, or ugly. And some of it is ugly and some of it's not so good. But the Bible clearly teaches us in our text today and in Titus that we are to submit to the government. That plays out in the very fact that you and I must submit to the government of Spotsylvania County or Stafford or King George or wherever you may live. You know, the Bible teaches us that we are submit to uh, the government of Virginia. You know, we, if you live in the state of Virginia, then we have to submit. If we're believers, we, we, we need to submit to, the, to Virginia and also to the United States government. And that's the way it is. God created that way. And next, we need to submit to every human authority. The Bible says, submit yourselves. Here we go, that word again, that ugly submit word. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. 
whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who, who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence, listen to that, by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live, he says, as free people. Well, how can you live as free people if we have to give in to authority? The Bible is teaching us here a very important principle is when we, commit to, when we submit to authority is when we truly live in freedom. When we truly live in freedom. We think we're living in freedom when we rebel and, and uh, disrespect uh, those in authority over us. But the Bible clearly teaches us, and we experience that in our life, when we submit to authority, we are living in freedom as free people. But the Bible says, do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. See what I mean? And live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. Now we're not only to submit to our government leaders, but we're also to submit to the leaders in our workplaces. The boss is the boss. And when you went to work there, you said you're the boss. You have these certain guidelines that you follow. And because you're the boss and you're the one in authority, I'm going to submit to your leadership. That's, you know, and, and our schools, you know, and, and our schools and, and, and the police, uh, our husbands, our wives, or any other authority God has placed over us. You see, that means we need to obey the laws of the road. Wow, I hate that one. Which reminds me of the pastor who was stopped for speeding, and not this pastor, but he said to the police officer, you should not stop me. I am out doing the Lord's business. And the officer replied, I'm doing the Lord's business too. Jesus said, go into the highways and the byways and bring them in. <laughs> and so... Sorry, but submission means obeying the laws of the land. Church members, now this is a good one. <laughs> I'm going to be here a while on this one. And that church members are to submit to your pastors. I want everybody to stand up. I want you to bow down. And I want you to come up and kiss my <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, the Bible says obey your leaders and submit to them. Why? For they're keeping watch over your souls. You know, you know, you, you just maybe you just, maybe you don't understand the dynamics of being called to be a pastor of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and that's not just to go out into the highways and the byways and bring them in, but the responsibility of the pastors of this church, Salemville's Community Church, is to watch over your souls, to tell you the truth, to love you through the situations, and help you understand what God's word is trying to teach us and the importance of that in our lives. The Bible says that we're to keep watch over your souls. Why? Because we have to give an account. Jamie, you have to give an account of your soul and while you're doing spiritually. As leaders of the church, we have an awesome uh, responsibility. Uh, to you, and so the Bible teaches us that we are to submit to that. We are to submit to church discipline or the things that, are, that we don't like to hear and the things that are pointed out to us. Why? Because we care about your soul. Care about your soul and we'll be held accountable for that. Next, husbands and wives are to submit to one another. And Father, the Bible says, submit to one another, talking about husbands and wives, out of the reverence for Christ. In our home, sometimes Gay needs to submit to me, and at times I need to submit to her. Why? Because of our reverence for Christ. Because of our reverence for God and who he is and the creator of the universe. 
in our co-leadership here at Salem Fields Community Church. Gay has the final authority over certain areas of the church. It's her call. Bottom line, I can say how I feel, share how I feel about something, talk about what my thoughts are on it. She can agree with those, not agree with those, decide on her own, but she has the final call in some areas of the church, and it's my responsibility to submit to those. And she has certain, she has authority over those, and so there are times I need to submit to her leadership, and vice versa, I have those responsibilities as well. Why? out of the reverence for Christ and our love for Jesus Christ. So we honor authority by, respond, by respecting authority with our attitudes and our actions. Respect those God has put over us. Respect those who God has put over our lives. Government authority, job authority, spiritual authority, family authority, governing authorities. Pray for them, submit to them. Do not resist or undermine them. All this, of course, is conditional. Now you can breathe. It's conditional. We never obey any human authority if it would cause us to sin against God. You would never obey. We never have to obey any human authority if it would cause us to sin against God. If you read in Acts chapter 5, we see the apostles refused to obey the Jewish leaders. They told them, they told the Jewish leaders, we must obey God rather than man. And they were threatened with their very life. And they said, we must obey God rather than man. You know, I, I'm reading a book, uh, the gay recommended I read from uh, the owner of Holly, Holly, I always call it Holly, Holly, Hobby Lobby. Uh, and he's talking about, it's a great book, man, it's a great book. It talks about leaving a legacy for our families. And it's our responsibility as men uh, to leave a legacy for our children. And not just a financial legacy, but a spiritual legacy. And, and, of course, he's leaving uh, both to his family. And, and, uh, and the rule, the Obamacare came down and the Affordable Act, uh, Care Act came down and it talked about the fact that he, and employees had to, uh, employers had to provide their employees with contraceptives. Now, whether you agree with that or don't agree with that, that's not what I'm talking about today. But in his mind, he would be, it would be a sin for him to do that. That's just how he believed. That's his, and he believed that, that for him to do that would be a sin. So he calls all of his family together, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, all of his brothers, all of his sisters, everybody together that was going, that stood to inherit his legacy uh, of finances. And he's quite rich, 700 stores all across the United States. But he called all of his family together, and he says, I cannot, I cannot obey the government on this one. It would go against my conscience. It would be sin for me to do it. And so he called his family together and he said, I am going to fight this to the Supreme Court if necessary, and you stand a chance not to get one dime of inheritance. And he called them together because, you know, he wanted them to know what, what he was up to. And he said to them and that he was not going to do And every member of the family agreed that they were with him on this. And he fought it all the way to the Supreme Court. And, and, and when we, we're, we're called to go against something that we clearly believe is, would be sin for our lives, that the Bible says we must obey God rather than men. Now given that God's word is clear on why or who uh, we should submit to, uh, why do we find it so difficult to respect authority in our lives why do we rebel against submitting to authority first of all 
Human authority is often abusive and misused. You know, a huge portion of the world's governments are corrupt. Uh, Gay and I, and many of us here at Salem Fields, or some of us, we have traveled to Nigeria, and it's one of the most corrupt governments I've ever known in my whole life. I mean, I'm sure there's others out there. I don't know about North Korea and all those, but I know that Nigeria uh, is a corrupt government. They are the sixth world-leading uh, producer of crude oil. They, have, they are leaders in diamonds and coal and, and have great natural resources. And it's one of the poorest uh, countries I've ever visited in my life. And the people are, are uh, abused and misused. I mean, you can't get 10 miles out of the city unless there's potholes that are as big as your car. And that's the honest truth. Gay and I were in a car, and we were driving because the airport was closed down, and we drove down into a pothole that was bigger than the car. It's a terrible, corrupt nation. And many husbands and wives are cruel and disrespectful to one another. Some of those governing authorities have no personal or moral character. And they're out on their own agenda doing their own thing. Church leaders sometimes manipulate and harm the very people that they're called to lead, the very people they're called to love and care for and shepherd. You see, because human authority is led by sinful men and women, there will always be abuse and incompetence that tempts us to respect and rebel. Secondly, why do we, why do we have trouble submitting to authority? Because we're proud, pride. You see, even when authority is used in an appropriate way, we still naturally desire to rule ourselves. We still have within us this nature to be in charge of our own lives. You see, because of our pride, many times we think that we know best and therefore being required to submit to a government or a husband or a wife or a policeman or a teacher or a boss or a church leader or the laws of the land, it just feels too, too restricting and it feels too humiliating and we say, I know better than God. And so I can do a better job of doing that. And so we rebel against authority. Now hearing that... Uh, why we don't like to, why don't we like to make, uh, uh, to submit to authority, even though knowing that uh, doesn't make it any easier to submit to authority. In reality, you know, many times, rather than submit to authority, I'd just rather go up and tell them what I think, you know, and just say, you know what, I'm not going to, but as a believer in Jesus Christ, I do not have that right, according to what God's word says. Now, I have that right if I want to disrespect God and not obey his authority. And if I want to stand in judgment, whatever that may be look, whatever that may look like, I have the opportunity, I have the free will to do that. God gives me the free will to choose that, to do that. So how do you go about submitting to and showing respect for the authority God has placed over you when you don't agree? And how do you keep a good attitude when you're doing it? First of all, resolve to honor God by humbling yourselves. Resolve. Just say, you know what? I'm going to humble myself. The Bible says, humble yourself unto the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord. I always think about that and I always think, I want to do the humbling. I don't want God to do the humbling in my life. I want to, I want to do that on my own. You see, God doesn't demand us to obey human authority because it's worthy or of our respect in of itself. Instead, he bases his command on his own authority. So we're to obey the government because why? God established it. God established it. 
You know, when the religious leaders tried to trap God, they asked God, or they asked Jesus about paying taxes, and Jesus says, render unto Caesar's that which is Caesar's. Pay your taxes. So we are to obey the government because God established it. And when we submit to our political leaders, even though we may not be thrilled about their policy decisions, we may not be thrilled about uh, much about them, I'm not going to get stuck there, or because they're not Democrat, or because they're not Republican, uh, we are showing, by humbling ourselves, we're showing that we trust God's creation of authority, and that we're willing to submit to the governing bodies. The government. When church members humble themselves to submit to their God-given leaders and so on, we show our confidence and, and our trust in God that God knows best that he is in his decision-making. You know, Gay and I have God-appointed leaders over our ministry as well. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, most of the time, or not most of the time, most of the time we agree, but sometimes we don't agree with them, and so we too must humble ourselves. And trust that God has placed them in leadership over our lives and they know best and trust their relationship with God. And therefore, we have to humble ourselves. Second, we need to learn to trust God's authority. We need to learn to trust God's authority, folks. We need to learn to trust God. It's good that God runs the universe and you and I don't. You know, it's good and it's pleasing that God runs the universe and that I don't. Because, you know, God, uh, because we lack the wisdom that God has. After all, he's the creator of the universe. He knit us together, fearfully and wonderful in our mother's womb. The Bible teaches us that. And he created an owner's manual. And in that owner ma owner's manual is everything we need for life. And he has all wisdom. He has all power. He has all knowledge to run this world. He knows better than us. And if we need to come to that point as believers in Jesus Christ, especially in the day and time that we live, that we are going to resolve, that we are going to submit our lives to God, and we're going to trust him with our lives. You see, we must learn to trust him. We must honor him, and most importantly, we must fully submit to him. There has to be a time in our lives as believers that we have to submit ourselves to God and say, God, I humbly submit myself to you. God, I surrender my whole life to you. I offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto you, God. I surrender. I give up. I fully submit my life to you. And that's how we'll learn to trust God. You see, his promise that he would, his promise he has promised that he has instituted authority for our benefit. And the benefits, there are four benefits of living by the principle of authority. And here they are. First one is living under the protection of God. When we submit to the authority of God and the authorities that he has set in place for us, we live under God's protection. God is our authority. And he places authorities over our lives as umbrellas of protection. In the Old Testament, they called those places of refuge. And when you would, no matter what you were accused of, no matter what was going on in your life, you could run, run, run to those places of refuge. And as long as you were under the places of refuge, as long as you were in those cities of refuge, you were protected. And if you came out and you came out and said, I'm going out on my own, then you were on your own. 
It's the same is true for us today. When we do not submit to the authority of God and his governing bodies and the authorities that God has placed of us, we are on our own. You know, I, I bought an insurance policy not too long ago, and, and uh, it was Geico, I think, and, and I got an insurance policy, and they sent me an email later, and they said, do you want the umbrella protection? I thought, yeah. And they said, it's $500. I said, no. <laughs> but you know what? When I made that decision, I'm on my own in those other areas. I don't get full reimbursement for my car. They put used parts on my car if I wreck it. I'm not under that umbrella of the protection that they could offer because I'm not willing to pay. And when we say that I'm not willing to submit to God, fully surrender my life to him, what we're saying is I have decided today to live outside the protection of God and I'm on my own. I'm on my own. And I'll just be self-sufficient. The same decision that Adam and Eve made in their life. So as long as we're under God's authority and chosen authorities, nothing can happen to us that doesn't first go through God. Doesn't first go through God. The next benefit is living without fear of those in authority. Living without fear of those in authority. Submission to authority leads to freedom. We talked about that earlier, touched on that. When we submit to authority, it leads to freedom from the fear of those that are in authority. In other words, when you ride down 95 and you're going 95 mile an hour and you go through radar or you go through those little guys sitting in the median, then and your heart goes, oh no. And you look in the mirror for as long as you can see just to make sure they're not coming. <laughs> I've done that a couple times. The other day I was leaving to go to Richmond and headed down to Massaponics to get on 95 and I'm starting down that hill and I'm going 45 mile an hour right there in the middle of the, in the um, highway set a state policeman. And I said, oh no, I'm speeding. I was going downhill, keep that in mind, going downhill. <laughs> and, and I looked in the mirror, I kept looking in the mirror until the light changed to get on 95. I said, thank God. I would have had no fear if I would obey the law. I wouldn't have had to look in my rearview mirror. I wouldn't have to think, oh my goodness, I'm going to get pulled over. Oh my goodness, my shorts go over. You know all that stuff. I don't know if it goes through your mind, but it does mine. You see, when we live a righteous, complying life, submitted fully to God and obeying the just laws of government and society, freedom is the result. Freedom is the result. We live in freedom. Our lives then become a testimony to God and before men. Uh, the reward of submission is a conscience that's free from fear. Third, we live with a spiritual advantage. Submission to authority of spiritual leaders has spiritual advantages. We receive their help in time of need. Any wisdom that they may have gained from God, counsel, care, teaching, prayer, encouragement, and protection. And finally, when you submit to God's authority, God will place you under his delegated authorities. But here's the good news. Those under authority will be trusted with authority. Those under authority will be trusted with authority. Submission is not restricting, folks. It's freeing, and it has benefits. So let's resolve as the people of Salem Fields Community Church to disregard this new normal and honor those in authority over us. Let's just say to ourselves today, make a commitment to God, that God, I'm going to fully submit to you. And those that you have put over me, as an authority over my life. 
and I'm going to honor those in authority. Let us let our comments about our political leaders uh, be said or written with respect for the authority God has given them. Let us speak respectfully of and to our spouses, our church leaders, our policemen, our teachers, and all those whom God has established as authority figures in our lives. And in doing so, we will honor God himself. The Bible says in Proverbs, and I just read the scripture and studying, I didn't put it in my notes, I didn't put it, I think it's Proverbs 4, but there's a scripture in there that goes kind of like this. When we obey God, when we submit our lives to God, the Bible says that he will prolong our lives and we will live in peace. And my prayer for you and I today is that we too will come to that point in our lives where we submit to the authority of God, realizing that God loves us so much, he cares so much about us, that he has an umbrella of protection over our lives, and that as we do that, we too will live in peace, and men and women all over this community will see Jesus in our lives. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your promises, God. We thank you for the world that we live in. Father, as messed up as it is, you're still God and you're still in charge. And so I pray today, God, if there be those of us today who have never fully submitted our lives to the authority of Jesus Christ, where we've never bowed down and said, Lord, you be Lord, and I'll just follow you. God, I pray the day will be the day that one or two or ten people either here or online in the cafe will kneel before the living God, the creator of the universe, and say, God, I'm sorry. You're in charge and I'm not. You're the boss and I'm not. And surrender our lives completely to him. And maybe you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you would say you want to live under the protection of God. It begins with a personal relationship with him. And simply you say to God, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the son of God. I confess my sins. And you invite Jesus Christ into your life to be your savior. The Bible says we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. The Bible says we shall be saved. Father, do your remarkable work in these moments that we have left. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we stand and worship God? If you want to come and pray, you can. If you receive Christ today, stop at the table as you leave in the foyer out there. And uh, Pastor Mark will talk to you about that relationship. God bless you.
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word that gives us direction. God, we thank you for your authority that gives us protection. Father, help us to grasp these truths. Let them penetrate our heart. And Father, may they not just be words that we've heard this morning, but we go out and live the next opportunity that we have. That means we need to submit to authority. Remember, God, how you've directed us. So we love you. We thank you for your love for us. We give you all the praise and glory for what you've done here today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remember to stop by the tables out there for small groups and men's advance, and we'll see you next time. Sunshine.